guys, it's Victoria here and welcome to the Motorsport Stories podcast. We're back with season two of this podcast and this is episode one, the origins of NASCAR. The famous American race series of NASCAR has some truly fascinating origins whereby both the cars as well as many of the early legends of the sport have participated in bootlegging during the period of American history known as the Prohibition in the early 20th century. In this episode, we will take a look at how this racing series went from being alcohol smugglers trying to outpace the police to being an organized professional sport and how NASCAR has developed throughout the years and what the future holds for the sport. So what is the connection between NASCAR and the Prohibition era? During the Prohibition era, Consumption and the sale of alcohol was prohibited across the United States between the years of 1920 to 1933. Of course, this didn't necessarily mean that people actually followed this rule, and so people brewed alcohol illegally or tried to smuggle alcohol over the border from Canada to keep up with the still existing demand for alcohol. Somehow, this alcohol needed to be transported to its consumers, and this is how quick cars and talented drivers come into the mix. So you would take a regular looking car, as to not make the police suspicious. However, under the hood, these cars would be modified to fit a larger engine and the insides of the car would be almost completely stripped in order to fit more alcohol. The people driving these cars had to be particularly skilled since they would normally be driving at night with the headlights turned off on bad roads and from time to time, they would also need to be able to outrun the police. Even before Prohibition came to an end, these drivers would participate in races against one another and many of these drivers would also become legends of the legit NASCAR racing series. One such example is Junior Johnson, who would later go on to win a total of 50 NASCAR races. Already from the tender age of 14, he had been transporting illegal alcohol, also known as moonshine, in Wilkes County, North Carolina. Though this wasn't until the 1940s, where Prohibition had already ended. Even during his racing career, he would still participate in his family's moonshining business. According to legend, Johnson was never caught while transporting moonshine. Yet in 1956, he was still convicted of moonshining after the authorities cracked down on his family's business. And as a result, he went to jail for 11 months. He was actually pardoned for his crime in 1986, by President Ronald Reagan. And later on in his life, Johnson actually began to sell legal moonshine under the name Midnight Moon. It was not only the NASCAR drivers themselves that had participated in the bootlegging activities. Also the owners of the so-called stock cars used for the moonshine runs, as well as the mechanics working on these cars, would go on to become part of the racing series. As an example, we have Raymond Parks, later a NASCAR racing team owner, who had run away from home already at the age of 14 to start working in the moonshine business. Parks indeed had a colorful life story where he was born in 1914 as the eldest of 16 children, starting hauling moonshine as a teenager and was overseeing a fleet of moonshining cars, which among the fact that he didn't exactly pay taxes, landed him in jail from 1936 until 1937. After this, Parks actually served his country as a soldier in World War II and when he came back to the US, he got involved in the group of people that eventually established NASCAR. 
Despite this, Parks was actually fairly unknown in the NASCAR community until he became part of the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2017. How did NASCAR then end up becoming a legit sport? It was in the years after World War II that NASCAR really started to take off and tracks popped up all over the US. But at this point, there was no central organization, which meant that the rules would be different from race to race. This prompted Bill France Sr. to set up a series of meetings by the end of 1947 with a group of people central to the races to discuss the option of setting up a central body to organize them. Bill France Sr. had years earlier moved from Washington DC down to Florida to set up a petrol station and promote and compete in the local races and would later rise to become the president of NASCAR. During this meeting, a name was also found for this newly organized stock car racing series. National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, also just known as NASCAR. After this historic meeting, the first race set up by this newly created sanctioning body took place on February 15, 1948, on the Daytona Beach course, where Red Byron, who had also been a moonshine runner back in the day, won in his Ford. Byron would also go on to win the 1948 National Championship. Shortly after this race, on February 21, the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, aka NASCAR, was officially incorporated. The following year, in 1949, the premier NASCAR series, NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, was born. So, then what are the different NASCAR series and what are the rules? NASCAR is actually a collection of many different racing series and the number of different series has also changed throughout the years. The highest echelon, and also the most popular series is the NASCAR Cup Series, which has also become almost synonymous with the NASCAR name as a whole. The second highest NASCAR series is the NASCAR Xfinity Series. There are also various other series, such as the Truck Series, Smaller Regional Series, a Canadian NASCAR Series, a Mexican NASCAR Series, and there are also several online e-NASCAR series nowadays. If you're not familiar with NASCAR, the rules can be rather confusing and even more so since these rules also change on a regular basis. For the 2004 season, a new format was set up called the Chase, where for the last 10 races of the season only the top 10 drivers or all drivers within 400 points of the championship leader are eligible to win the championship. For these 10 last races, the points the drivers had received until then were also reset to zero. In 2007, the chase was extended to 12 drivers and the 400 point limit was also abandoned. Major rule changes were also introduced in 2011 and 2014. Here the amount of drivers that can compete in the final chase was extended to 16 and then after every three races another four are eliminated until the final race where only four drivers are eligible to compete for the title. In 2017, the chase was renamed to the playoffs to further resemble the name used in other American sports. In later years, a number of the cup drivers have also started racing in the second highest echelon of the sport, the Xfinity races, since these races take place in the same venues on the same weekends, which also led a number of drivers to compete in both championships. This has been met with criticism by a number of Xfinity drivers as the drivers from the highest series push out drivers that would have normally been able to race in the Xfinity series. What significant developments have there been throughout the history of the sport? 
1972, Bill France Sr. stepped down as president of the sport and handed over the reins to his son, Bill France Jr. In 2018, he would then hand over the presidency to his brother, Jim France. In 1972, the Cup Series also got its first series sponsor, R.J. Reynolds Tobacco, that has been recently hit by a ban of tobacco commercials on television. This meant that the Cup went under the name of Winston Cup from 1972 all the way up until 2003. After this, the Cup was known as the Nexel Cup after Nexel Communications took over the sponsorship. Then in 2017, Monster Energy took over the sponsorship, but since this year, the Cup Series will now have a series of sponsors or premier partners. Many milestones have been reached throughout the history of NASCAR. In 1963, Wendell Scott became the first black driver to win a race in the premier series of NASCAR. In 2013, Danica Patrick became the first woman to win a pole in the premier series of NASCAR, which she did in the legendary Daytona 500 race that year. Throughout the history of NASCAR, three drivers have won seven titles, which is currently the record. Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, and Jimmy Johnson. So what does the future hold for NASCAR? In later years, NASCAR has dealt with a number of criticisms and a dwindling number of people watching the sport on television. Like many other types of motorsports, NASCAR has also received its fair share of criticism for its impact on the environment due to the amount of fuel consumed during the events. NASCAR has tried to limit the amount of pollution that is let out due to the racing by switching to its premier series to a greener fuel. Another criticism NASCAR has met is the fact that some fans have continued to fly the Confederate flag that is affiliated with the US Civil War and slavery still to this day during the events. The NASCAR organization has attempted to outlaw the use of the flag for a number of years and finally succeeded during the summer this year after an increased number of protests against the systemic racism that is still a reality in modern society. Another positive change for NASCAR that has been battling with a drop in TV ratings for a number of years is the increased push to get more international sponsors, manufacturers and drivers involved in the sport to give the sport a more international appeal instead of only catering to the North American market and also broaden the diversity of the sport. Like many other racing series, only the future will tell how NASCAR will be able to adapt to an ever-changing world and remain interesting both to old and new fans. If you ever have any questions, some feedback or would like to suggest a topic for the show, please feel free to leave a comment on the Twitter, Instagram or Facebook page or send me an email. Contact information can be found in the show notes alongside any sources that might have been used for this episode. And please remember, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. And of course, spread the word, tell your friends about the show. Until next time, have a speedy day. Thank you.